Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shalom Adorshim Shloshim Yom. Today is the second day in our quest to learning all about the holiday of Hanukkah. So before we start, before we do anything that we're about to do, I just wanted to comment. I just had the most exquisitely sublime, delectable clementine ever. Marabu Masecha Hashem Kulam Bechach Masisa. That clementine was fantastic. Just wanted to thank Hashem for that. Get that off my chest. And now we can begin. Today is actually a very special day in our family, as today is the year site of my great-grandmother, Grandma Mary, who is Miriam Bas Yosef. Today's learning is Ila Nishmas Miriam Bas Yosef. So I just wanted to take a few a few moments to talk about her. Um, she was a very, very special person, a person that not just influenced me in the small amount of time that we had to share together, but greatly influenced my mother and shaped my mother's childhood um, as an important role model and someone to look up to for my mother. So I just want to talk for, about her for a second and the similarities that she had actually with a Hanukkiah. So just like a Hanukkiah, my Grandma Mary was a light onto the world. She was a bubbly, exciting personality. So much so that most of, most of her adult life was spent going from hospital to hospital and her job literally was to cheer up sick patients because she had such an amazing personality that she was able to provide a comfort and um, sort of happiness to people who were in the lowest of lows, people terminally ill um, patients. So I just want to talk about that. She was a light onto the world. She was very happy. They nicknamed her Sunshine Mary after that. She's also a living example of Prusume Nisa, of publicizing a miracle, because her and herself was a miracle. She didn't have an easy life by any means. She lost her husband at age 40, leaving behind, um, leaving her to be a, a single mother of three children. And she slowly lost all those children to, to illnesses and ended up outliving all of those children. She actually lived until 103 and was always still happily happy and bubbly, even until even till the day she died. She was always a happy and amazing person. And last of all, she also loved learning, which is where I try to think that I get some of my love of learning from, where I get it from her, where she, whenever there was a Parsha here, whenever there was a this, whenever there was a that, she loved to daven. She had a lot of kavana and davening, and she raised my grandfather, my Saba, um, my mom's father, who also passed away very young. He passed he he passed away when my mom was only fifteen, um, so I never got to meet him. But he he also he he became a rav, and he was a rav help, helped to set up the prolific nowadays prolific Los Angeles Jewish scene, which wasn't so prolific, especially back when back when he came. He really set it up. Um, he created that community. Um, so I just wanted to take a few moments to spotlight my great-grandmother. Again, just one more time. Today's learning will be Eli Nishmas, Miriam, Bas, Yosef. All right, so I want to get in today another origin of a mitzvah. And this mitzvah that we're going to be focusing on is the oil, or candles as we'll see, for the Hanukkiah. And what can we use for the Hanukkiah and what can we not use? Kind of similar to the chapter that we say every Friday night. We say this in between Kabbalah, Shabbos, and Marv as a way kind of to pass time, but also to remind us of lighting candles, which is the chapter of Bamamad Likin that talks about what can you light, what can't you light with for using the Hanukkah candles, for, I'm sorry, the Shabbos candles. And this will be something similar. This will be except with the Hanukkah candles. All right. So now we're going to be starting off in the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch in Simon Kaf Lametet Seif Dalit. Now let's get right to it. Kol Hashmin and Kashem Hanukkah. All types of oil are kosher to use for Ner Hanukkah. Umikol makom mitzvah ben min hamufchar likach shemen zayis dumya dines shebe mikdash shahaya shemet b'shemen zayis. 
So the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch says that although you're able to use all types of oil, provided obviously that the oil doesn't hinder the mitzvah in any way, like how Masech Shabbos talks about something called the Yitron, which develops a foul smell once burnt, obviously you wouldn't be able to use anything like that that makes the mitzvah unpleasant. But anything that produces any sort of standard flame can be used. However, if you want to do the mitzvah in the best possible way, the mitzvah minam mufchar, the mitzvah you want to do hither mitzvah, you should use olive oil. There are two reasons for this. There's first a simple reason that olive oil is a lot fancier and produces a beautiful flame. It's very nice. It's also amazing to cook with because it's very high quality oil. It's not like garbage, like canola oil. Sorry, only canola oil fans that I just upset it there, but canola oil, it's it's not great. Not really good, so good for you. But and olive oil makes makes a very good flame. So that's number one reason why it's the mitzvah in a mufchar, why it's the choice mitzvah, literally translated. And the second is that in the Beis HaMikdash, and again, they used it because it was the choice oil, the best possible oil. That's also why they used gold in the Beis HaMikdash, to make the Avodah Hashem, to make the service of Hashem beautiful. So that's why they used olive oil in the Beis HaMikdash in the first place. But we're recognizing that we're using the same oil that they used in the Beis HaMikdash as another way to recall back to the nace because we're doing it exactly like how they did it in the Beis HaMikdash. So that, that, those are the two reasons why you would use olive oil as a best-case scenario. But if you can't find it, or it's too expensive, or you don't know where to get it, Yavur Sha'am Sha'am um, you can just use any type of oil, like we already said, um, or you can use a wax candle because they also make a clear light, which is something that I know is the minhag of our family. That we definitely do wax candles. You know, it, we'll talk. We'll talk about when my family doesn't do wax candles, which is when we use oil, which is erev Shabbos. We could. We'll talk about that maybe sometime this week, but not for right now. So you shouldn't take take two candles and braid them together because that'll be more like a torch. It won't be like a candle. But you want to have each candle individually. You don't want to have two candles braided together. That that won't that won't look like a like a Chanukiah. You're not able to use the wax candles of a place where they did idolatry because you're using things for mitzvah that was used for idolatry. Now allowed, similar to something called the Ir Hanidachas, a, sub- a subverted city, which is that if they had cities that were full of Avodazar, they would have to destroy everything and everything in this. So a lot of cases throughout the Mishnah of what if you have this type of wood that comes from the Ir Hanidachas, or what if you have this type of product that comes from the Ir Hanidachas, because it was really problematic that if you had these all these products and all these textiles that would just go out into the world from this from this subverted city that need to be destroyed. But you're not able to use wax from the Ir Hanidachas, you're not able to use these wax candles um, from places where they did a Vodazar, because they likely did a Vodazar with them. All types of wicks are kosher for their Hanukkah. Again, provided that they don't mess up the mitzvah. Like, if they are not flammable, obviously. However, there's a choice mitzvah. There's a hither mitzvah. There's a special type of way to do the mitzvah. Which is to use lakach zimmer gefen. Which is to use cotton. If you use cotton wicks, apparently, they're super, super good and fancy schmancy. And then finishes off. So, it says... Hey, we're Jewish. We don't waste anything. You know, you can you can keep reusing these wicks and keep reusing the oil until it runs out, until it burns out. You don't have to replace it every night. It's there's no there's no special mitzvah about that. So what about after Hanukkah? 
So after Hanukkah, if there are oils left over, if the wicks are left over, can we throw it out? Can we not throw it out? And what would be the halacha concept that would stop us, as we're going to go into right now? Hashem and Shenishar, I'm Shenishar If the menorah has leftover oil inside of it, or leftover wicks, this is given, it says inside of it, it doesn't have to actually be inside of it. It's just saying that these things were set to be, to be used for, for the menorah. Maybe you just had extras, or maybe you just, um, or maybe you just left it in and, and you lit at someone else's house another night. But the idea behind these, when it says bam menorah, it doesn't mean that they actually actively have to be inside the menorah by the time Hanukkah ends. That shows that you're that you were dead set on using it. But just anything that that you were that you were pretty confident that you were going to use, but it just turns out one way or the other you didn't use them. Oselahen midura You have to put them in a bonfire and burn it up. Mishum the because it's huxal mitzvah, it's set aside for the mitzvah. So what does that mean? So to try to answer that question of what exactly is huxal mitzvah, I want to look at a very strange mission on Mishnah Sukkah, which I learned over this past summer, and which will try to provide us the answer for what exactly is huxal mitzvah. So the Mishnah says, Mi'ad ha-tinokis am shomten es lulavein ve'ochlen es Very short Mishnah. Very short Mishnah. The Mishnah just says that the that adults would go and they would grab their kids, their, their kids lulavim, and then they would grab their kids' esrogim, and they would take a nice chomp out of the esrogim. This would be on the last day of Sukkot. This was a custom that they had. And so, says Rav Bartinu, he tries to explain this really weird thing. And in so, he shows us a little bit about our, our Indian of Huxal Mitzvah. Dibar HaMaschil, Rav Bartinu, who I like to coin as the Rashi of Mishnah. He's on every page of Mishnah. Very insightful, very amazing. The the older people, i.e. the adults, eat the esrogim of the little kids. So the the base then the the court didn't go ahead and say that this is considered stealing, that they're just going up to random kids and grabbing their esrogim and eating them. Because this they did this for Simcha. Everybody understood, hey. If you have your esrog on the, if you're a kid and you have your esrog on the last day of Sukkot, and it's gonna be grabbed from you and it's gonna be eaten, and everybody just had a good time, just to be happy. However, there's another opinion. They would throw their their lulavim out of their hands into the adults. And then, since it was the seventh day, they would eat their own esrogim. This is the distinction from what the Mishnah said. Remember, the Mishnah said that the adults. Or maybe it could just be another way to read it. Remember, the, the mission doesn't specify. It just says, Ve'ochlen esrogen. They, who's they? We don't know. Eat their esrogen. So this is an alternate explanation, which is that it's not that the adults ate, um, ate the ate the esrogen, but the kids ate the esrogen. Avalagdolim, ein ochlem esrogen, kol osahayom, dekevan shehoksala mitzvah. Um, because because it was it was an idea of hoxal mitzvah that if something is set aside for a mitzvah you're not able to use it for another purpose and so the question could come but I thought we said it said it was the last day of Sukkot so really it should be allowed because at that point it wasn't set aside for the mitzvah because their chiyav their obligation to you do the mitzvah of of lulav and esrog had had finished they just finished shachris so should, is doesn't this esrog now turn into just a regular citron can't they just eat it one would think that right and that's what I thought. However, finishes Rav Yehuda Bar Tanura. He he gives a principle why this is not true and why the adults cannot eat their own esrogim, because um, as Rav Yehuda Bar Tanura states that if something began the day as a mitzvah, 
So let's just say if 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 Hanukkah started and the Hanukkah began as as a purpose for the mitzvah in the beginning of the day. So even once the once the the last day of Hanukkah is over in the nighttime in the night in oh, I'm sorry. Even when it's the last day of Hanukkah is about to come to the end, and you already fulfilled all your obligations of Hanukkah, you still can't take that Hanukkah and use it to light some bonfires on fire and just use it as an extended candelabra because it started that day as necessary for a mitzvah. And so it can only be used for other secular purposes once that day is over. So because of that prohibition, stay with me, because of that prohibition, that, that's, something that is, that, that's something that was set aside for a mitzvah can't be used for any other purpose and because if something began the day set aside for the mitzvah but then in the middle of the day its status flipped to chulen to something that isn't that doesn't have a kodesh style uh, a kodesh um designation kind of like the like the esrog that we talked about you still have to hold it out until the end of the day until it switches and so that's why these little kids were able to to eat these esrogim and why revadi bartina had to bring this explanation because they weren't chayiv in the mitzvah so their esrogim they always could eat them however the adults had this problem of huxal mitzvah to deal with which these kids did not which is why the kids were able to eat their esrogim says revadi bartina and why the adults weren't fascinating fascinating the world of huxal mitzvah has a lot of intricacies and a lot of complications with it and finishes this kids of shulchan Aruch. And you're not allowed to have hana'a from, from this leftover oil. Ella, imkain, hisnam amishila, she'ena mixa amashiyasha. So if you made a proclamation before Hanukkah started, you said, listen, I know that I'm going to have some extras once Hanukkah's over. And I'm right now, you hear me saying this? I'm right now going to designate that that stuff, that's supposed to be set aside. As my mom likes to say, that's not leftovers, that's planned overs, right? She uses that on us every Sunday night. Doesn't work. But it's not, it's not leftovers. It's planned overs. I meant to do it that way. I meant to, side, to set aside these five jugs of oil. I meant to set aside these ten wicks. And so if you make that designation, all fine. You don't have to burn it a bonfire. You can feel free to use it. All right. A little bit of a long one. But I thought we had some very interesting halakha con- concepts that we dived into today. And I hope that you are excited because we are now one day closer to the holiday of Hanukkah. Have a wonderful day.